You are listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 167. This is a side B episode. That's right. It is our Monday episode where we talk about an older movie that is supposed to be crappy. Surprisingly, this one was not. Go figure. Yeah. My name is Duke Space Runner, and I'm joined by Dan Duo. Hey. All right. And Jubaka. Oi, they. There we go. That's better. Man. <laughs> This is a side B episode, as I mentioned before, and our movie this week is going to be Message from Space. Not Message from the Stars? It is not Message from the Stars. Not Star Messages. Not nope. Star Messages. Not Massage from Space. <laughs> that, know, that's a different sure. movie. That's the one I watched. It was, oh, shit, we're in trouble. <laughs> it was alien porn. Massage from Space. <laughs> And like of course, it. we will answer our Give Me Five question of the week. Yeah, guys, this is a review show, and there will probably be spoilers. We'll try to avoid any major twists, but there will be spoilers for a not-so-crappy movie that inevitably came out over two decades ago, well over two decades ago. It's, so honestly, I think it's it. like four at this point. <sighs> if you guys oh, haven't so seen... <laughs> If you guys haven't seen Message from Space, you can watch it on YouTube. And for if, free! For free. If you're very, very concerned that it will be spoiled for you, then you can watch it, come back later, and uh, see see what we think about it. Well, I think we should just jump right in. Let's just uh, jump right into that message in a bottle from... Dive right in there, baby. Yeah. Like we said, our movie, the movie we watched is called Message from Space. It was released October 30th of 1978. It's directed by Kinji Fukasaku. And it stars Vic Morrow, Sinichi Chiba, Philip Kasanoff, Peggy Lee Brennan, Etsuko Shihomi, Your Mom... And <laughs> he will read anything I put oh, down. Man. He got <laughs> I, I knew it was there. I totally knew it was there. That was why I read it. Your mom. Your mom. So the synopsis is in this Star Wars takeoff, the peaceful planet of Jelusia, which is a disturbing name, by the way, the peaceful planet of Jelusia has been nearly wiped out by the Gavinans. <laughs> whose leader takes orders from his mother, played by a comic actor in drag, rather than the emperor. Wait, isn't he the emperor? Yes. He's the emperor. Right. She's the empress. The, like, she's the supreme empress. Right. So again, it, wherever the synopsis come fails. Yeah, it, it, it's, um, that's it's why we're unofficially. 
Yeah, it's unofficial. But King Kaiba sends out eight Liabe holy seeds, each to be received by a chosen one to defend the Gavanas. Each recipient ranging from the hardened General Garuda to Gavana Prince Hans to young Terrans, Maya, Kido, and Aaron all have different reactions to being chosen. Hans. That's what this is about. Hans. Uh, Jalusia sounds like a, a medicine for like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, some sort of bowel problem or something. It almost Take sounds Lucia. like a stripper name, too. Jill Lucia. Yeah, it could be. Like a combination of Jill and Juicy. <laughs> Juicy Jill, Jill Lucia. This movie was very much made in the 70s. And it looked like it. It was steeped in 70s stuff. However, there was some Star Wars stuff. Some Star Wars ripoff stuff and even some Flash Gordon, some couple other little things there. Stripper um, planet. It was interesting. It, it honestly, it really was. Um, I I did actually enjoy a lot of the sci-fi design stuff that they had, mm-hmm. and and I was surprised because I expected the ships to be totally stupid, but they actually had decent designs to them. Yep. The glowing mm-hmm. walnut seeds was kind of weird, as well as was how everyone reacted to them. It's like, oh, there's a walnut in in the mechanics of my ship. Look at this. What is this? It's a message from the gods. Yeah, there's a yeah. walnut in my martini or my scotch. And he was like, huh, I've been chosen. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you have? You all got right. all that from a walnut? Excellent. Walnut from the gods, Jimmy. Have you received a walnut from the gods? Yes, several. Okay. Okay. He's yeah, there's two. like one point the guy's like very there's a part where a character is very adamant that he's not gonna do something, and then a walnut appears and he like he just turns around to his drink, sees the walnut, turns back, he's like, I'm in. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah that was a, like wow, that is the the walnut of indecision right there. Well, and then and then the whole the 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 Terrans who got the walnuts, they're like, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. They throw them out the window, and then two of them get them back, and then the one guy pouts that he didn't get his walnut back. I'm like, literally two minutes ago, you just threw it out the window. <laughs> what the hell? I didn't now get all of a that. sudden because you don't have the walnut, you're not, you can't go when everyone else goes. What? Yeah, and they're what, like, what? what, what is they're like, don't worry, you'll get one. I'm like, he had one. Had one. He was already chosen. He threw it up. Is it, is it like a party ticket where you got to show up to the door with the walnut? Hey, I'm in. I'm on the list right here. I got my walnut. So yeah, and for, yeah. for the people out there that think we're freaking insane talking about walnuts, think think of the <laughs> walnut almost like the force where it's choosing people. That's like it's a visual yeah. object. All right. So I, I think it's more like the Green Lantern ring. It could be like that. Yeah, or or the Dragon Balls, I guess, which is where I'm now convinced that they got this idea. So, a planet under attack. The native peoples of this planet have fought valiantly, but they are no match for the steel-skinned invaders. And the steel-skinned invaders have plans to expand their global reach, or their their empire, their galactic empire, right? Mm-hmm. So the the elder 
of the native peoples of this planet throws out eight gold walnuts. <laughs> he's he's the Willy Wonka of Jalusia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and these <laughs> these walnuts go and, and find. So the uh, the um the chosen ones are uh what do we have? Three Earth people, four Earth people, a robot named a robot. Emma, yeah. Who Might be my favorite character. Uh, he's annoying as shit. When Beba got the the nut, oh, I almost cried. When Beba got the nut, only hurts when he laughs. Uh, Are we gonna pour one out for Beba? Yeah, and then you've got Han, or Han, who's a, a disgraced, uh, you know, one of the the invaders who's somehow lost his steel skin. They're just they're just all painted silver. Um, Roko and um, the princess, right? So they all come together oh, to help. You you missed you missed Garuda, or did you say Garuda no, first? I said four Earth people. Okay, four Earth people. Yeah. I said Vic Morrow, who's one of the Earth people, and who is okay. Garuda? Who is Garuda? Who? And you've got the prince of the planet or whatever. So that was Han. Yep. The planet that was taken over. Whereas Greg wrote Hans. Uh, <laughs> I didn't write anything. <laughs> I didn't write anything. Rob wrote Hans. Oh, no, there were five Earth people. Because one of them was the, the, the guy who loaned him the money and the loan shark was going to oh, beat him up. Yeah, that guy. Okay, moving along. Moving the along. most fashionably dressed person in oh, the that guy, world. yeah, the pimp, the space, yeah, uh, space the pimp, pimp. space pimp. Uh, uh, space disco guy. Yeah, yeah, space there disco guy. Yeah, since we're talking about that, let me jump in here real quick with my with that. I, this movie had so much stuff that was like I'm saying modern, like current outfits and things to that day. Mm-hmm. It was weird because usually sci-fi movies like Star Wars is a little dated because you see some 70s hair, mm-hmm. but it's not quite as bad as this where like they had 70s mustaches and like the, the general is wearing a furry pimp jacket. Most of the, the movie, he's like he gets off of work or he's like, I'm done with this. And he puts on a furry pimp jacket. Yeah. And, like the, one of the characters is the disco guy. And like, bitches. yeah, there's that one girl who um, she looks she looks like. She's wearing like a green outfit. It's that fabric with like the the gar- the silvery stuff like woven into it. I don't know what that's called. Lycra. What is it? Lycra. No, it's not like her. It's like it, she looks like a like an elf Christmas decoration to me. Or not? No, not like her. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's like where every yeah. other every other thread or every fourth thread is like a silver garland thread, and it. Um, like she looks like that, and just it's just so funny that there's that much stuff, and that even like there's certain sequences where it, it doesn't look at all like a sci-fi movie if you look at it from the outside looking in, like the the ran the random fight, the argument where they find the nuts in the corner. <laughs> um, so it's just there was so much weird '70s stuff mixed into this sci-fi movie. The the most egregious for me were the outfits of. Who I just started referring to as Tomax and Zamot. 
<laughs> oh, the the they look like uh, the two space people. racer dudes. Yeah, yeah, the two kind of uh, uh, Han Solo characters. Yeah, wearing vinyl racing uniforms. Yeah, like what? The, actually, the most egregious, I think, for all of us, will probably end up being the space cop, the space patrol that was actually dressed like a character from Chips. Oh man, R.I.P. LeMay fabric, by the way. LeMay, that's what it is. Yes, it was good. Thank you. Yeah, so we have uh, LeMay characters. They actually, when they first uh, look, showed up on the screen, I they looked like they were speed skaters or like skate, like ice dancers. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you'll see why my name's Kamikaze. Like, because you're going to go do an ice dancing sequence? What's going on? So. I totally thought it was going to be inappropriate and he was going to crash his ship into something. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, if you're ever in a car or jet with anyone that says, now you're going to see why they call me kamikaze, you don't want to be in there. You want to have them stop so you can get out. Yeah, you want to be anywhere else but in that that exact vehicle. Um, and, of course, we, we talked about Vic Morrow. He was the biggest name actor in this. Uh, he was our, as Jimmy said, our humanoid, our retired general, our hard whatever general, our hard scrabble general. Space Pimp when he put on his furry jacket. Uh, we've talked about him a lot recently because he's been in a couple other movies we watched. Um, I love that he spent all those funds on a funeral for a robot. Yeah, yeah. And he was the owner of our of the robot that you guys liked, and I found irritating. Babel was great, man. But he <laughs> was also- yeah, I'm gonna call him like 60 different things during this episode. Just four years later, he passed away on the set of filming Twilight Zone, the movie. Yep, uh, very famously. And uh, would you believe it, guys? Um, we've actually referenced one of his offspring in this episode already. Really, Jennifer Jason Lee is Vic Morrow's daughter. Did not know that. Yep, there's our tie in. And that's um, I didn't know that at all. That's very. That's actually genuinely interesting. Not even minorly interesting. Yeah, I thought Vic Morrow was. He was the. He was fantastic in this movie. Yeah. The they yeah he was he was actually like. He was all in for a movie that was moderately ridiculous. Okay, completely oh, and utterly yeah. ridiculous. Usually, you though. had to go into that knowing. That what you were doing is it was a Star Wars ripoff. Yeah, like mm-hmm. when you have these actors that start off in black and white films, and then they're doing a weird cheesy uh, sci-fi movie or horror movie. A lot of times, it's just like, "Give me my paycheck," and blah 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 blah. blah. Okay, can I leave now? No, this uh, he was all in. I thought, and it showed. Um, and he had he actually had depth as a character. The uh, yeah, <laughs> you know who I was at first. What? I thought he was Robert Shaw. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. I really need to know some of these like 40s and 50s and 60s actors better. I just got to, I don't know. Like, that's like the, I don't know much about that era of Hollywood and I need to to bone up, so to speak. I'm actually reading a book on Chinatown right now. There you go. Giggity. Yes. Uh, I mentioned the space police guy who was ridiculous. I, I, when, you mentioned this in your notes, I think, when you t- he was wearing a motorcycle helmet, yet he still managed to smash his face. 
<laughs> he still managed to smash his face into the into the control deck or whatever it was. And like every time they cut back to him, he had like more and more band aids on his face. And I was kind of yeah. I was kind of hoping that would be a thing that every time they show him, that like he'd end up with more and more like visible face wounds. Uh, it did not turn out to be that way, but that was my they hope. Eventually a, killed him, right? They made him crash. Or am uh, I just making that up? Uh, who the the two yeah. speed racers? Well, no, the space cop. They made him crash. They didn't intentionally make him crash. He crashed into the uh, the bad guy ship. Hmm. To to really no fault of theirs. Yes, right. So rest in peace, space patrolman Fox, or as I call him, Star Fox, for crashing nice. into the bad guy's ship. And with all this, with all the modern crap that shows up, and all of the all of the futuristic space stuff, were you as entertained as I was when the princess and her bodyguard jumped in a space pirate ship? Yes, I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, it was like literally a space pirate ship. It wasn't. It, yeah. it, was, it was totally a wooden galleon. Yeah. Yes. I was like, "Wait, how are they going to breathe?" <laughs> they didn't really worry much about that. They were, they were swimming in space for a while too. In one, yeah, that was funny with with uh, N95 masks on. Yeah, they were trendsetters in 1978. Um, Rob, yes, uh, I'm gonna say something, and I need you to follow up on this. Uh, there is right. about halfway through, you get your your grounding it moment, or like your uh, mythology moment, where they introduce a witch. A witch. Thank you. If you like, thank you. Uh, you know it's weird because I I do see a lot of foreign old crappy films because of my mystery science theater situation. Uh, I'm seeing a doctor for the mystery science theater situation, but I, I non trivial amount of these films actually have an old crone in them, and because they're old and because of the quality of the film, they're always legitimately creepy. And this one actually mm-hmm. had like look like he's wearing or she was wearing an off brand like David Bowie wig from mm-hmm. Labyrinth or something. It was like a mullet kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, it's weird that the, that's kind of like an ongoing thing. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the names of the films. I I know them not from their original foreign names. I know them from the episode names of MST3K. But uh, her son is a lizard person. Yeah, and and I don't I, I I wanted to know more about how that <laughs> how that panned out. I'm like, did, wait, what? Did it seem because he was born on Pluto? Yeah, I think like, it's because he was born, born on Pluto, Pluto. not because that's she like, made sweet love to an iguana. because <laughs> you know that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, why do you have a lizard person for a son? Well, I definitely didn't have sex with an iguana, but I did give birth on. Pluto. Pluto. Yeah, that's, and that, that's what it was. It was, it was Pluto. <laughs> yeah. As the sun is in the corner eating an entire guinea pig. Sort <laughs> of nibbling on some mango. Um, and I guess uh, yeah, she shows up. I don't even know why she shows up, to be honest. She did buy the, the spoiled princess as a wife for her son. Was there any other yeah, reason I, she was there? She was supposed to be a guide for something. Yeah, I don't. 
It, it, it kind of got lost because they didn't really do anything with it. They took the guy yeah. out. They got rid of the bodyguard, and then the and then the the stormtrooper showed up and took her prisoner. The stormtroopers act. I mean, they were painted silver. They had kabuki makeup on. I think that's what it's called. Sorry if I'm wrong. They shot better. They, yeah, they shot better. Uh, special effects weren't terrible on that. No, they weren't. No, not at all. Not uh, the whole movie. Yeah, like even the I like the the bad guy ships. How they had the green lightning that looked so much like the the Death Star firing up, but mm-hmm. was you know faster. Where it came in like from different points. I thought that looked actually really cool. And uh, this this is going to be my little nerd thing that reminded me a lot of. Have either of you ever played StarCraft? Yeah, uh, the, one, of the pro, one of the proto ships fire their their weapon fire looks like that. Oh. and the ship, Since we're talking about ships, um, I think all of us liked the look of the ships, which is well, very rare. I think Japanese filmmakers were were masters of miniature electronics mm-hmm. with miniatures in general with creating miniature cities and making them look large. I mean, those things were detailed. Yeah. Like the there was, space space, oh, that kind yeah. of thing. It was definitely more than me. See, I, but yeah, wow. impressive. I mean, yeah. I mean the, the space battles look decent for 1978, not quite mm-hmm. Star Wars quality, but probably second only to that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the, some of those outside shots in space where, like I said, I keep on saying the, the space base, but with those, those big like spherical cannons that were trying to blast mm-hmm. things. Um, and they did a pretty successful job of, of that with the exception of the, uh, flying pirate ship. And, and then they went and did the swimming in space scene. Oh, hell yeah, they did. <laughs> so it was, uh, Yeah. It was, there were definitely some goofy parts that, that date this. There were, uh, it wasn't quite, there was almost, there were a couple of like disco dancing scenes that of course, you know, wouldn't be a movie in the seventies the without that. Mm-hmm. And, and the dress. Otherwise I think the, uh, I think the bad guys could exist in a film today. Yeah. I mean, the, the, main villain guy. Um, I, was, I was trying to think of the word. Like, he was this really intricate costume. You always always wonder when you watch that kind he, of stuff, like, how would, how would like you go samurai. about on a day-by-day basis with that much crap sticking off of you? Horn. It looked like a samurai. It looked like a samurai costume. Yeah, and it had, like, but it had all these, like, extra horns and, like, other things. It was just a, I mean... You could tell you looking in that room. You could tell who was in charge, and that was saying a lot, considering all of the crap hanging off of the other people's uniforms. Uh, if you guys mm-hmm. are out there listening, or old comics fans, especially '90s comics, there was a uh, a British Marvel comic called Death's Head Two, and there was a Death's Head One. And the Death's Head One character, they looked like these guys. So these guys kind of look like the the uh, offspring of Death's Head One and and Doctor Doom in a way, and. Uh, I was all in on that ridiculousness. Um, yeah. and as, good. as we've said before, the 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 movie didn't 
didn't suck. And it was surprising because we, we completely expected it to, but it actually had a cohesive story. And I think that's one of the first things that, that we come across that these movies that are absolutely horrendous, they've got huge holes and it's like, why are we doing this? What's going on here? But this movie didn't suffer from that. And combined with the not so terrible special effects, mm-hmm. This and even the acting wasn't bad. No, it wasn't at all. Um, I especially love the some of the callbacks in this movie, where you have the uh, kind of first space race between the guys, where they're they're talking about Chicken Run mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pulling up at the last second, and that's repeated towards the end of the film. Um, by the girl. Well, by the the guys too, when they're they drop off the radar of the uh-huh. uh, of the bad guys, they go, "Oh, well, they must have crashed," because they they approach the ground at such a a fast rate that they they pull up at the very last second. There's no way, no way they would have gotten out that other than crashing, but they did. And then Beba's, um, it only hurts when I laugh. I love that joke. (laughs) (laughs) Did (laughs) I actually have a question? (laughs) I have, I do a question. Uh, when the seed exploded on that one guy's necklace and it caused the ship to crash, Mm -hmm. what did, is there a reason why it exploded? Do we know why? Uh, who Rocco? Because uh, he was because he was bad. I don't know. Is that why the traitor? I guess so. I don't know. There's a guy right. that's in the ship with them. The seed explodes and they end up crashing on the uh, on the ship. And I think is that is I guess that's why. And I think that's when he was a dude with the little ringlet. Yeah, and I guess that's why the uh, the robot ends up with the seed instead. Okay. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Maybe his his intentions weren't pure. Gotcha. Um, yeah, they they had a traitor in their group. His name's Roko. Uh-huh. He um he he has altruistic motives. I guess uh, the it's it's decided that for them to survive, their planet has to be destroyed, and he doesn't yeah. let that happen. So he kind of turns everybody in, but he comes back around. Um, one of my favorite parts about this movie or the part I thought I thought about way too much is uh, they they come across Earth. The Emperor finds Earth to be too beautiful. To I know exactly what you're going to say. Go ahead. So he destroys the moon. <laughs> now, that's not what you thought I was going to say, was it? It is not what I thought you were going to say. So go for it. Because I spent the next 20 minutes after they said it going, what? Because they've got the big, beautiful earth right outside the window. Mm -hmm. All of its, uh, you know, all of its glorious oceans for everyone to see. And the General Garuda or whatever his name is, walks up and he's like, yes, our beautiful green planet. (laughs) And, And I went, what <laughs> is he is he colorblind because it's clearly uh, blue i mean he could have been 
maybe he was trying uh, to throw him off. But the the thing I'm I'm referring to is um, they, it, as a warning to the people of Earth, they destroy the moon. Which I thought immediately, well, you're going to fuck up a lot of things if you do that. Mm-hmm. You're going to fuck up the tide, which could potentially cause beach erosion. You know, thus destroying the beautiful planet. But, guys, losing the moon wouldn't be as bad as you might think. I did a little research into this. Uh, the night sky would actually be much brighter without interference from the moon. There'd be mm-hmm. less light pollution. So you'd have uh, clearer stars. Uh, each day would actually be 24 hours. Without the moon fucking it up and making some days 22 hours. The tide shifting, shifting of the tides would be very little in comparison. So fuck the moon. <laughs> uh, Rob, well, Rob, if Jimmy the, tries to get us to go on a heist to steal a giant diamond, we need to stop him because he's going to blow up the moon. Probably. He's going to, if we, if we well, see but, him building a big but, laser. It also, then the aliens would also lose their way station. The moon would no mm-hmm. longer be a fueling point for them to come and steal humans. Yep. And constant giant chunks of cheese would be falling from the sky. Yeah, it would rain cheese. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. So just let's <laughs> blow up the moon. Can you get arrested for making threats of blowing up the moon? I guarantee we could find a Florida man story where someone has done that. You'd get committed. Yeah. Jimmy's going to be out there making a giant ass slingshot. <laughs> uh, With we, a giant diamond. Yeah. Like yeah. A, uh, Jimmy steals the diamond and the police catch him and he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I want all my days to be 24 hours. Exactly. I want to destroy the moon. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, let let's talk a little bit. Let's. I, I liked this. I did like the space battle. Then we talked a little bit about space, special effects, the ships, and all that stuff. Um, the, the space battles were actually like interesting. They were sort of action packed. They were they were very Star Wars like at points when they have to blow up some things. Um, they were flying through tunnels, which was weird because they were, it was almost like they were doing like the Death Star, like Canyon runs, mm-hmm. but they were in full tunnels. So it ended up being more like Return of the Jedi, which hadn't come out yet. Um, so who's copying who, right? I mean, this, this movie in 1978 was of better quality than what you saw on, uh, Power Rangers several year, many years later, like 15, 20 years later. I'm still, to be honest. <laughs> um, let's see. What else do I got? What else do I have on my, my notes here? Um, I thought the bad guys were called the bananas the whole movie. <laughs> but they were the Gavanas. <laughs> the Gavanas. Yeah, the bananas. Yeah, I thought it was bananas the whole time. And you're going, this shit is bananas. B-A- N A N A S. Yep. And I know we didn't really go over <laughs> go over a whole lot of the actual storyline, but the, it, it was it. 
it was pretty much a a space adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, I mean, space opera is, um, I guess, the genre. Mm-hmm. I think so many of these movies try to copy what Star Wars did. And I think that a lot of the people that do this are artists and want to go a different direction from Star Wars. So they do these very outrageous sets. Um, we saw it with Flash Gordon. We saw it with this, where everything is bright and colorful. And like, I mean, the the place where the end sequence took place was this giant James Bond style, like, Layer. Yeah, like, uh, did you notice those railings? Mm-mm. Like, the railings there were, like, giant, spiky, like, Florida leases, mm-hmm. almost. And all I can think about is, as a klutz, uh, there's no way I would not, at some point, impale myself on one of them. They were, like, super <laughs> sharp-looking. I was thinking nice. about this the other day. If if I ever got a hold of a lightsaber, I wouldn't have any arms <laughs> within <laughs> moments of... <laughs> This is awesome. At least oh, polarized. I don't know. All these people that want to have lightsabers, they're no. It's a bad fucking idea, dude. Yep. Yeah, like there's like like these big bases stuff, but it's funny because like one of the things people like about Star Wars is that it's aged and it looks like it's lived in and there's stuff everywhere and it's not like these pristine bases. You know, they've got mm-hmm. if you walk into some into a base, there's gonna be I guess I mean the Empire they did that on purpose to make everything shiny and like really cold. But you walk into a place in Star Wars and there's tools laying around and crates. Yeah. Like there's there's it looks like there's been people there for for decades. And a lot of these movies, they look like sets. And I think that was actually one of the problems with some of the Star Wars prequels, where they stopped mm-hmm. looking like you oh, yeah. lived in stuff. Yeah, it was and, all very shiny new CG. Yeah, and it's I really think that's interesting that all of the almost every one of these ripoff movies um that were able to be greenlit or copied Star Wars missed that aspect. Or the mm. production designer was kind of like, Yeah, we don't want this to look exactly like Star Wars. Let's make everything shiny or let's make everything I, I, I brand think new. there's a, a fair point to to make in that being that from how they talk about it, the the base that the the bananas established on this planet <laughs> wasn't very old. The banana base. Ah. I mean, they were relatively new intruders that had established their their base on that planet. You, the emperor. Yeah, wasn't it something like somebody? Eight years or something. What's that? It was relatively recent. Yeah. Wasn't it like eight years or something? Yeah, and it, it was relatively recent. And, and whenever the the he brings people in, he goes, "Look at my." Base, aren't you impressed? You know, so yeah, I mean I I get what you're saying, but I think there was a there's a good reason why it all looked clean mm-hmm. too on here. But you know, the, the places where the the Jalusians were living, they were all dirty and aged and old and kind of cast off. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean I I, I really kind of felt like they were living in a tree somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Like a, like a giant tree. Did, did neither of you get that impression? No, yeah, no, I, I, I did. did. I did, and I didn't quite. They they all had like ringlets on with with greenery, and I I thought they were kind of almost gonna like be they these, were druids or something. Yeah, I thought they were going to kind of be these <laughs> into 
the earth or in tune with their planet type people, but their planet Jerusalem. was extraordinarily desolate. It was all rock and everything. So I'm like, mm-hmm. did, were they living on like indoor? Like, was there like a little, little patch? AstroTurf? Yeah, but they didn't really, <laughs> they didn't ever get into that. Um, so I think if you guys out there like sci-fi and like weird, ridiculous movies, uh, this movie, if you like, uh, ragtag bands of heroes and rebels that definitely lean into the ragtag and obscure, Mm -hmm. you're, you're going to probably dig this movie. Groups of people that would never get together unless they were thrown out magical walnuts. Yeah, from across the galaxy. <laughs> That's how I pick my friends. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a a, uh, a a galaxy where Earth functions as a as a kind of governing body for the rest of the galaxy, and uh, you know, it's it's got Earthlings and no moon. That well, not even oh. And one of the weird things that I noted we we had talked about it briefly it. It didn't really disrupt the movie for me, but it was definitely something that I noticed early on. While I did watch the dubbed version of the movie, there I noticed that the American actors or the English actors were absolutely 100% speaking all of their lines in English. Yes. And the actors who were not American actors were absolutely 100% speaking all of their lines in their language, which I believe was Japanese. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So at no point in the movie do the actors who are interacting with each other actually speak the same language to each other. (laughs) So like the, the two pilot friends, the one, the, the one Asian guy, all of his lines he said in Japanese. And even when he was talking to the to the to the guy who spoke English, he always said his lines to him in Japanese. And the guy who spoke English always said his lines to the other guy in English. There's a part where Garuda is talking to the newly appointed head of the Earth Force Council. Mm-hmm. Vic Morrow is speaking English, the newly appointed head is speaking Japanese. There's a shot where it's looking over the official's shoulder. He's talking to to Garuda, who is played by Vic Morrow, and Vic Morrow is looking just over his shoulder. So I, I almost, I have to think maybe they were holding up cards. That was the only time that I was like, there's a weird disconnect right there. But mm-hmm. I have to imagine that when this movie came out and pr- premiered uh, overseas, that the parts of the English speaking actors were probably subtitled. Oh, I, and I, ima- I imagine I, it. Yeah, I know exactly right? what you're saying. That's, that was a very, you know, it, it almost even looked like the characters who were speaking English were dubbed over. Yeah, it all, almost it did. But the, the voices di- or the, the lips did match what they were saying. It did, yeah. And and I was like, it, it, it just struck me as weird that 
that they would have the actors on set speaking two different languages and speaking to each other. But then the whole video is like dubbed in English or, you know, and I imagine that, 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 that they had subtitles for it, or at least it was dubbed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if you're just going to dub it into the, into Japanese, why not just hire Japanese actors? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it, it wasn't just Japan versus the galaxy though. Fair enough. Fair enough. So they could have hired Japanese speaking actors. Oh, now that you said that, I remembered something else. <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh, that there, God. I can't imagine that there are so many actors who are fluent in both languages. That'd be hard. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. I don't think Nick Morrow spoke Japanese. Yeah. Now, the thing you reminded me of is the, the opening sequence with like all of like the nebula and stuff. Like totally reminded me of like an Epcot ride when Epcot first opened. And then like they cut to that one ship and the guy's wearing like a full on old school, like regular captain's outfit. And it looked like I thought this movie was going to be like exactly what I wrote down. Like it looks (laughs) like it's going to be space love boat. Like like he looked like Captain Stubing. It's going to be space love boat. And then later on, when the general got to put his his thing back on, it was like a red version of uh, Captain Crunch's. Uniform, yeah, like he's like a ceremonial. Yeah, he ripped off his furry pimp jacket, and there he was, a uh, red Captain Crunch. <laughs> so, uh, what else, do do you know? What else happened around that time, Rob? Did you get a chance to look? I did. I I did. I did. Uh, a couple of things that I found were that um, during that week in history, uh, Uganda troops attacked ta- Tanzania. <laughs> I did. I, I did see that, and I. It's like, I know nothing about that at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in, in entertainment news, CBS is CBS had Kiss's acting debut air that week Ooh. with Kiss meets the Phantom of the oh, Park. God. It's so uh, Did we cover that movie? Never. I'm not watching it. I don't think so. It's so bad. I refuse. Is it really? Oh, it's bad. Also of note that uh, I think it was two days after two or three days after this movie was released was the first broadcast of different strokes. Ooh. Anybody who grew up in the eighties knows about the different strokes. The, well, man, all of those 80s sitcoms were, what you talk about? Yes. They were all really good. And then they would have like that one episode that like, as a kid, you'd see it and you'd be like, Oh my God. Like the the episode where where Arnold was getting almost got molested, mm-hmm. and then there was the the episode of Silver Spoons where Ricky Schroeder uh, killed a deer, <laughs> and like like every so often you'd be watching a show just for some light humor, and they would like have some life changing stuff. Like, or the episode where Arnold was being bullied by the Gooch, and his his brother went in to stand up to the Gooch, and the Gooch and his friend put put Willis in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we got that stuff. Um, what else you got? Oh, or the the family ties where Tom Hanks was an alcoholic. Is that really a thing? That's a thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that without without drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I did see some movie stuff. If you want that, Rob, because I know you. We it's yes. it's weird. I, I had trouble finding. 
it was weird because it was a lot of blank stuff, a lot of like uh, conflicting information and stuff. And- yeah. So the it was weird just looking up the movies. Like this might have been the time period when movies didn't all release on the same week. So finding what movie is the best of the week was probably not easy. We talked about this on our Jaws episode um, a couple months ago. But the same week that this movie came out, this movie came out on the 28th, uh, the 30th, or maybe the other way around. Uh, yeah, this movie came out on the 30th. On the 30th. So on the 28th of this week, uh, the original Halloween movie came out. 25th. Uh, so it's, yeah, yeah, different different information. Uh, I got mm-hmm. different. Uh, also, so we don't know the order that these movies were, but Watership Down was also out at the same time. Um, the Wiz and Go Wiz the twenty and uh, Going South I saw was out around the same time. Which Going South I think came out at the beginning of the month. Yeah. Uh, I did see some. I did find the music information though. Uh, the top Ooh, the it. top five songs were "You Needed Be" by Anne Murray, uh, MacArthur Park by Donna Summer. Reminiscing by Little River Band, Double Vision by Foreigner, and Whenever I Call You Friend, Kenny Loggins. Uh, I, garbage. <laughs> I like Double Vision. I, I can, I back. mean, compared to the other songs, I can, I can do with that. Uh, MacArthur Park's good too. <laughs> but I, I grew up, I grew up in a disco house, which worries me because that means I was probably, you know, my parents probably had weird disco cocaine fueled. Sex that at me. Wow, <laughs> they did. you know they did. <laughs> my mom listens to this, and she, my mom listens to this, and she's going to call me and be like, "Yeah, <laughs> what's it to you?" Wow, so, you went there. I did. Nobody I did. else. I, I went there because Rob would have gone there. He if didn't. I didn't though. He was gonna. You don't know him. <laughs> I've known him since we were like fourteen. 15, something like that. Okay. So I think that leads us to our, our, our list, right? I, I think that will so take I, us right into the question. I do have a question about the question. Okay. We said best Star Wars knockoffs. Can that be best slash worst? Like, you know, the best worst ones? It can be what I said your favorites. So Favorites? Okay. Cause yeah. whatever, whatever you want. Whatever you want it to I, be. I feel that number one is going to be all the same for everybody. I I, I think that's entirely possible. Do you think so? Oh. You think so? so I'm going to leave but that one not. off, but that is because I just know. So, okay, if you, Jimmy, you can go first. I need to readjust. All right. Uh, I will start with my number five. Rick has stepped away grabbing his junk. He is. It's weird. It's readjusting. It's painful to watch. What are you doing, Greg? My number five movie is uh, one that we've actually reviewed on the show. There are actually a couple on here. Uh, and that is going to be Ice Pirates. Yes. So what if Han Solo had a starring role at that time, basically? My number four is going to be this film, Message from Space. Mm-hmm. Early. Mm-hmm. Those two could... You know, go four, five, five, four. Number three is a little unconventional. That is Masters of the Universe. Okay. So not good. The cartoon He-Man did in really no way, shape, or form resemble the movie. 
other yeah. than the likeness of the characters. That's more true. Uh, but they they took and, and tried to ride on the the coattails of Star Wars and and just tried to put it out there in space as well. To disastrous effects. My number two is Spaceballs. Mm. Why is it not my number one? Well, that's because The Last Starfighter is my number one. Last Starfighter. Yeah, that's, that is will, good, but I don't think it's better than Spaceballs will, personally. I will accept that. I will yeah. accept that. You won't accept the order, I'm sure. Um, but the last fighter, the last starfighter for me was Steven Spielberg's take on Star Wars. And although he, he didn't do it better, he did make a film that, that holds a very high, high place in my regard. So that is my list. And actually is still, is not terrible. It still kind of holds up. Mm-hmm. It, it's I mean, the special effects are dated, but. They're dated only by the technology available to them at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a fun list to to research. So, looking forward to your answers. Who's going next, Greg? Are you done adjusting your junk? Because that was really <laughs> hard to watch. I'm adjusting my list. Thank you. Is that what you call it now? Oh, damn yeah. it, Rob! <laughs> Shit. <laughs> That is that is his name for his junk. He calls it my list. My list. <laughs> I'm <laughs> checking it twice. I'm gonna check you off of my list. <laughs> well done, Jimmy. I like that Thank one. Thank you. Gotta find out. <laughs> okay, let's let's see here. I'm. I guess I will go. Um, He's naughty. She's nice. Number five. Massage from space. <laughs> <laughs> Razor Blast. That is, I know most of these from uh, from uh, Mystery Science Theater. Laser Blast is one of the one of the lovely films. I don't even remember what it's about, but I do remember being like, "This is a good Star Wars ripoff." Uh, number four, it is a Star Wars ripoff. It would not have gotten greenlit. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go with Crawl. My number four. Okay. All right. All right. Number. And uh, by the way, the the second half of your uh, Hunter from the Future would have also probably been in there too. If it, but the first half was Conan. Oh no! <laughs> so if it was all the second half of your, that would have Conan. been Conan. Yeah, Conan. Conan. Yes, Conan. Number three, Conan. Battlestar Galactica. Uh, such a ripoff that even the toys worked well together. You could, if you had some Battlestar Galactica toys and some Star Wars toys. You could have an epic uh, crossover both, battle. That's like my number three. Mezco or something? Hmm? Were they both like Mezco? Uh, no, well, uh, uh, not Hasbro. Uh, Kenner was Star Wars. Oh, Kenner. And I think, but they just matched them up. Um, but you'd, you'd be like hanging out with, with one of your friends and they would have, the, and you'd be like, what robot is this from Star Wars? And like, oh no, it's from Battlestar. I don't care. Let's make them have sex. <laughs> <laughs> You play with your toys a lot differently. Uh, number a three and a half inch GI Joe have sex with a Barbie doll. That's the title of the episode. <laughs> I don't care. Let's make them have sex. <laughs> number two, 
I will go with the last Starfighter. Now, I was assuming that everyone would pick Spaceballs because baseball, Spaceballs is kind of in the Hall of Fame already. It's getting that that award with the that they give to. Is that to what things. you had to adjust for your Spaceballs? I had to adjust my Spaceballs. Uh, <laughs> I am writing down these potential titles here. Uh, Let's adjust my Spaceballs. <laughs> Okay, and so that was my number two is uh, the last Starfighter. Okay, I'm picking my text. I have oh, no weird, idea man. why I think that's <laughs> Anyway, number one, it is the movie from which my username comes from in the chat room on our Patreon. Blast mm. Hard Cheese, that is Space Mutiny. So Space Mutiny, and that, now that is not an actual character in the movie, but that is uh, where they got the... What You are having... While I'm speaking, Jimmy is making Snake Eyes and Beachhead from G.I. Joe make sweet love Have in sex. the camera. Well, and there's a disco light flashing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> the cocaine-fueled 70s action figure orgy. Nine months later. Blast Harchie is born. And there you have Greg. Yeah, number one. Space Mutiny. Find it. It's ridiculous. Uh, and it's a total Star Wars ripoff. Excellent. I I did not receive any any listener lists. It did get out there kind of late. However, maybe we'll be able maybe we'll get some and be able to send them in and or this, add them in. Uh, is there a voicemail here? I'm looking. I'm checking. Hmm? 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 Nope, nothing. Oh, Jubles, you let me down. You were talking about doing it. Anyway, I'll go ahead and do my list. I was thinking I was going to have at least two or three that weren't on anybody else's list, but somebody mentioned it. And I forgot Ice Pirates. I'm not going to lie. I forgot Ice Pirates. That was the movie you picked exactly a year ago. You had us watch it. Yeah, so I I think it will bump off one of one of mine, but I feel I need to mention it because it is actually a pretty enjoyable fan film on YouTube. That's what I make my GI Joes do to each other, <laughs> and it's called Troops. Troops. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. It's it's centered on stormtroopers. And it's like a 10 minute show and it's shot like the, like the TV show cops. So they've got stormtroopers. That's really funny to call. And at the end, they show what happened to uncle Owen and Amber Rue. It, it's actually kind yeah. of funny. I've not seen that in a while. They actually put it on the Blu-rays. I believe if you get the Blu-ray box set, I'm pretty sure they stuck it on there at the end. Nice. But at number five, I've got, I don't give a shit what you say, Greg. I've got your on there because the second half was a complete Star Wars spoof, ripoff, whatever the hell you want to call it. it We're out of money. I'll give you money if you change the entire plot of the movie and make it space now. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We have a very serious movie here where a guy flew on a giant bat. And that was so moth, dude. Giant moth, yeah. And I photoshopped so. So epic. So epic. My number four is going to be this movie, Message from Space. Actually really enjoyable. Yeah, it really was. It, it, it wasn't It wasn't like 
like the best movie I've ever seen, but it it was it was worth watching. It was it it wasn't a complete waste of time. Mm-hmm. Number three, I've got Ice Pirates. Number two, I've got Blue Harvest. Oh man, yeah, because that- Family Guy did an ex- excellent job spoofing Star Wars. Yep. But my number one is without question Spaceballs. Spaceballs is the Star Wars spoof that I judge all Star Wars spoofs by. <laughs> Absolutely. And that is my five. And Spaceballs was Spaceballs is like the ultimate uh drive. It was like the ultimate drive in movie, man. I saw that in a drive in and it's I kind of picture it every time I see it on TV or watch my DVD of it or whatever I do with it. And it, it was just so good, though. Yeah. I mean, it 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 matched the the source material almost perfectly for the for the spoof. And I mean, in my opinion, it's one of one of, if not the best, Mel Brooks movie out there. And I know that that's that might be controversial because he's got a couple of really good movies. Uh, but I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Spaceballs is without question my favorite. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some young Frankenstein. I did enjoy Men in Tights, but Men in Tights is nowhere near as good as Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, awesome. young, young Frankenstein's close. So let, let's close it out here. Guys, if you like what yeah. you hear and you want to support the show, you can become a patron where you can put in lists. Uh, we were a little bit late with the question this uh, week, so there might be some lists added to the episode after the fact or not. We record on Wednesdays to release this particular episode on Mondays, and Jimmy does awesome job editing it. So, But anyway, if you guys are interested in becoming a patron, check out patreon.com slash gimme5podcast. You can get in on what movie we're going to be watching next and what our list is going to be and all of that stuff. After this episode, they might not want anything to do with your list. That's possible. <laughs> that is definitely possible. They, they get a, They get a picture of my list. God. <laughs> Podcast.com is the place you can go to not see a picture of my list. I just said Nazi, <laughs> not what I meant to say. To not see. <laughs> uh, you can yep. find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. Mm-hmm. You can check out Give Me Five Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We are getting more active on those um, places. Yeah, uh, definitely. Because yep. we have been busy doing all sorts of other things, and so now we're going to focus on social and yeah, there was, there was a wedding situation. There's been a lot of freelance work. There's been a bunch of stuff. Um, Rob doesn't do it anyway, so he can do his school stuff. No, no. Rob, Rob will help out. It's just Rob needs to get through school school and, and and it's on me to, to put up the, the place for a a review section on the website. So I will uh, be working on that in the coming days. And make it very easy to edit and add. And uh, yeah, we yeah. just kind of. Rob's got the most adorable little school uniform. It's like this little plaid dress. It's so cute. He's wearing it right now. It's just. Okay. Yeah, he's just, for some reason, been eating a lollipop the entire time that he's been recording this. Just for us. <laughs> anyway, if you. And the thing that helps us out the absolute most, oh, man. other than cold hard cash, 
is uh, yeah. leaving us reviews. Maybe leave out this last couple five minutes of us conversating of us conversating, but you can leave us a review on, uh, on iTunes, whatever podcast app you're using, uh, you know, and that would be very helpful to getting other people to find us. And as I said in our previous episode, welcome new listeners. Yes. Can't wait to interact with you. Send in some voicemails. Um, like subscribe, review all that good stuff. And with that, as always, wherever you are in the world, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Sit down.